Hello, and welcome back to Speaking Startup, Missouri Business Alert's podcast covering the news and issues important to Missouri entrepreneurs. I'm Seth Bodin. And I'm Isabel Robles. This week, we're doing something a little bit different. That's right. We are devoting a whole show this week to one topic, the Hyperloop. Regular listeners of this podcast have heard us talk about the Hyperloop before. It's a new transportation system under development. Its creators say it will be able to carry a person between St. Louis and Kansas City in less than half an hour. Yep, and today we take a closer look at the transportation system and what it could mean to Missouri. In this show, we will first talk with our reporter, Naomi Kling, to give us the basics on the Hyperloop. Then we will learn more about why the state government is becoming involved in the Hyperloop discussion. And finally, we'll look into some historical examples to see what we can learn about how transportation evolves. So, Seth, we've heard that statistic, under 30 minutes from Kansas City to St. Louis, a lot. But we wondered, how many people actually know anything about the Hyperloop beyond that? Do people actually know what the Hyperloop is? So we stopped by the campus of the University of Missouri and downtown Columbia to find out. We asked people the most basic of Hyperloop questions. What do you know about the Hyperloop? Have you ever heard of Hyperloop technology? No, I have not. I'm sorry. Okay. Do you have any idea what that might be? No. (laughs) Is this the train thing? I saw that. That's the thingy that like goes to St. Louis, right? I have heard of Hyperloop, but I don't really know what it is. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it on TV where they had like, I think they had like a sample of it on campus one time, like one of the cars or something for it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's gonna, this is going to be a spitball. Is Hyperloop the thing, like the, the, the new, uh, like the, oh gosh, the train system thing that's coming in? That's going to be going from Kansas City to St. Louis, right? I've heard of it, yeah. Okay, what do you know about it? Uh, it's a big vacuumed out tube that's supposed to travel super fast. Um, it's fast. It's fast. It's supposed to go from, like, KC to St. Louis? And it stops in here, in Columbia. I don't know. That's about it. It's, it's underground. It's supposed to get me home a lot faster than my car does. As you can tell, there's a lot for all of us to learn about the new transportation system and its connection to Missouri. To get us started with that learning, we turn to Missouri Business Alert's resident Hyperloop expert, reporter Naomi Kling. She's been covering the Hyperloop beat for us, and I sat down with her to ask all the basic questions you are too embarrassed to ask. So, Naomi, what is the Hyperloop? Is is this that Elon Musk thing? Elon Musk is a very vocal supporter of Hyperloop technology, but there are several companies around the world who have been working on it. The Hyperloop is a method of transportation that is essentially a pod inside of a tube. Think of like a subway car inside of this tube above ground, where most of the air has been taken out to reduce aerodynamic drag. It is levitated within the tube magnetically as well to further reduce the friction. This lets it potentially reach airline speeds. Uh, Engineers say up to 670 miles per hour. Wow, 670 miles per hour. And, And this thing actually works? While the technology has not actually been tested at those speeds yet, there are tracks to test this technology, at least in Nevada and in the Netherlands, but... They're both less than half a mile long. That's not enough distance to bring the pod to full speed and then back down to a stop again. Any engineer you'll talk to will say the technology has been proven to work just at much slower speeds. So it's sort of improved. Uh, How likely do you think 
this will happen. Uh, there are some people who are skeptical about Hyperloop technology for exactly this reason. We talked to Christian Claudel. He's the supervisor of the Hyperloop team at UT Austin. Claudel says he doesn't think the Hyperloop will be profitable in a lot of situations, so it won't live up to the hype that it's been given. And he's also concerned about safety. So now people are expecting a very high level of safety from their transportation systems. And, uh, and it's not compatible with the experimental nature of Hyperloop. So is it safe then? Claudel doesn't seem to think so. There are a lot of steps that must happen first before we can determine that. The Missouri House Speaker, Elijah Haar, set up the blue ribbon panel on Hyperloop to address those concerns and to produce a report on how Missouri can bring Hyperloop to the state as soon as possible. The primary recommendation in this report was that Missouri win the bid for a test track of around 12 to 15 miles long. That's the length the report says would be necessary to, to determine the technology is not only viable, but also safe for humans to use. So it sounds like there's a lot of planning going on. When are we going to be able to use this? When, when can I use it? We've got a ways to go, Seth. Um, based on those working to bring Hyperloop to Missouri, who I've talked to, it sounds like the first Hyperloop track will be available for commercial use in about 10 years, maybe 2028, 2030. But that first track might not even be in Missouri. How likely is it that the track will be in Missouri? There's some tough competition. There's a proposed route from Chicago through Ohio, one in Texas, and other countries are in on the competition too. Saudi Arabia and India have been very publicly involved in Hyperloop discussions. But Missouri proponents are optimistic. They say we have a very flat route, which is helpful. Um, but also the Blue Ribbon Panel mentioned in a couple meetings I went to and in their report as well, the fact that Missouri has been a center for transportation technology for a long time will help them. It's a geographic and population center for the U.S., so a lot of cargo passes through already. Kristen Hammer is a business development manager at Virgin Hyperloop One. I spoke with her when the company brought a model of what the Hyperloop pod would look like to MU's campus. And she told me a bit about how Missouri became more involved. We're always looking to work with enthusiastic people who have promising routes. And so Missouri came to us right after we narrowed down to our winning group and said, oh, no, wait, we want to be in on this. And since then, they've just really worked very hard and worked very productively. The forming of the Blue Ribbon Panel was this really big thing that, that proved to us that they were determined and dedicated to doing this project, but also which has produced a lot of really good work. So who, who's making this happen then? Uh, she mentioned Missouri came to them. Who's really backing this project? There are a lot of people involved. The state government is certainly interested since they created this panel. The Kansas City-based engineering firm Black & Veatch published a feasibility study for Missouri, which was actually the first feasibility study done in North America. That, that company, along with other private companies like theirs, have been involved in the panel and other advocacy for a Missouri Hyperloop. Then there's also the University of Missouri. The university has said it expects to be a major player in developing Hyperloop technology moving forward. And the university system is also a big pull for bringing Hyperloop to the state. The panel's report said shortening the travel time between Columbia and St. Louis and Kansas City will allow the cities more access to research and a workforce in Columbia at the university. So I guess this is the million-dollar question. Uh, how much will this cost? 
Well, a bit more than a million. Uh, the blue ribbon panel estimates about 30 to $40 million per mile of track. So in Missouri, that would come out to anywhere around 7.3 to $10.4 billion. <laughs> billion dollars? Yes, billion. Uh, so who, who's going to pay for that? The blue ribbon panel said they expect the use of a public-private partnership, which will alleviate the cost off the back of taxpayers. A bill in Missouri would confirm Hyperloop technology is allowed to use a public-private partnership for funding, but the bill also bans the use of eminent domain for tubed technology. That would be Hyperloop. Many backers that I've spoken to have said that the use of eminent domain would be vital for moving Hyperloop technology forward in Missouri. It's so early in the game, though. There's a lot of different ways this could go. Well, Naomi, thank you very much for, for taking the time to, to answer some of these questions. Of course. Thank you for having me. For the next portion of today's show, we want to pick up where the conversation with Naomi left off the cost of the Hyperloop, and the state government's involvement in the project. Right. One of the biggest questions about the Hyperloop is, if it comes to Missouri, who's going to pay for it? Naomi mentioned the Blue Ribbon Panel, that Hyperloop group put together by Speaker of the Missouri House, Elijah Haar. The panel suggested a private-public funding model to pay for the Hyperloop in the interest of reducing the burden on taxpayers. I spoke with Haar about the Hyperloop, what impact it would have in Missouri, potential challenges, and what the next steps are for bringing it to Missouri. What about the opportunity of the Hyperloop in Missouri brought you to put this blue ribbon panel together? So I traveled out to the uh, the Mojave Desert in Nevada uh, last year and saw the test track that Virgin built out there. And that was the first time I'd ever had the opportunity to sort of see it in person. And I became convinced that it, in my mind, was sort of the next evolution in transportation. And so I decided to make it, uh, you know, see what we could do to bring it to Missouri. So um, Black and Beach and Olson out of Kansas City did a feasibility study to show that it was actually feasible to do. So I decided to put together a blue ribbon panel to talk about if it was feasible, how our state, what the steps would be that our state would take in order to actually get an operational Hyperloop track up and running. Uh, And so that was really the impetus for for the Blue Ribbon Panel. So what do you see as the big benefit of the Hyperloop coming to Missouri? Well, there's there's a variety of benefits. The first, obviously, is the ability to to transport uh, people and goods at a tremendously high rate of speed in a very efficient manner. Um, I think there are a lot of ancillary benefits. Whoever gets the first certification track and then eventually the first full track, one, there's a huge benefit in the amount of R&D, um, the attraction of students, engineers, um, a lot of high-level talent will descend upon whichever state has, has this at the beginning because they will want to be a part of that. Um, the other thing is that there's sort of a pizzazz factor that will that will, that will, that will come with it. Um, when the first full track is built, everybody in the country will talk about wanting to come and take their first ride on it. So it won't just be for Missourians, by Missourians. 
it'll be something that we build and will sort of be the, the center point or the focal point of, of, a, of national interest. What do you see as the economic benefit of something like the Hyperloop coming to Missouri? It's dramatic. Um, we have actually tried to quantify that in a variety of different ways. Um, it, it's, it's hard, and it's obviously um, a guess, but we're talking about literally billions of dollars of economic impact from the, the building and the utilization such for a variety of reasons. One, it actually would save a significant amount of time and money for people as they transfer it back and forth between Kansas City and St. Louis. Two, we obviously stand at sort of the center point of needing to move a lot of goods. And so the, the economic impact on the state of Missouri would be almost outsized compared to even any other state in the country. A big point of conversation concerning the Hyperloop is the cost. Part of the funding plan is finding a private sponsor. What does that entail, and what are some examples of who would be a sponsor? Well, you know, it's kind of hard to say. Um, we, I know that we that both Kansas City and St. Louis have put forward proposals to Virgin to do it, um, and I don't know within their proposals who their sponsors are. Um, I know that at least in Kansas City, their primary focus is is being a completely private um, track. Now, obviously, there's going to be a lot of a lot of government involvement in handling easements and things like that. Um, but I, 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 at this point, think that each individual proposal probably has its own sponsor in it, but I, I don't know who those would necessarily be. What is the appeal of investing in a Hyperloop system in Missouri? What makes this state competitive? I think the big thing for Missouri, there's a few things. We have a tremendous amount of goods that move through Missouri, and so there's a lot of private investors that want to see more of that and they want to see in a more efficient way. Uh, the other part of that is that if you're going to invest in something like this, you want the first one to be successful. And Missouri is, by by the way we are designed, very, very uh, equipped for it. The, the route from Kansas City to St. Louis is flat. It's straight. Um, it, it connects three states and two major metropolitan areas. Um, it, it's you would be hard pressed to find a better situation in the country to build the first full line hyperloop. Given the challenges of transportation funding in Missouri and basic infrastructure like roads, why should we have confidence in supporting the infrastructure of the hyperloop and seeing it to completion? Well, a few things. First of all, as as Henry Ford once said, if I asked. If I asked the people what they wanted, they would have said they wanted faster horses. And instead, he built a car, and it changed the way we view transportation. I think Hyperloop's the same thing. The to 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 institute a hyper to to build a Hyperloop system would completely transform how we view transportation in the United States. Um, the speeds, the efficiencies, uh, the environmental impact is is so much better than what we have now. It would also alleviate a significant amount of the strain on I-70, um, 44, 49, at some point. Um, the, the, the interstate system, which we've been driving on for two generations, um, it would completely change and alleviate a lot of the strain on that. The other part of that is that this legislature in particular has taken, it very seri- taken the issue of infrastructure very seriously. And we're the first, the first General Assembly in the history of the state of Missouri to put general revenue money into roads and bridges. We did a $100 million appropriation from general revenue to roads and bridges. The second thing that we did is we built out a nearly a quarter billion dollar bonding program 
We based it on leveraging some federal money. At the end of the day, we put about a half a billion dollars of new money into roads and bridges, the first large-scale increase in money for infrastructure since the early 1990s. So we take the traditional infrastructure needs in the state very seriously, but we also believe it's time to look forward to the future and see ways that we can be at the forefront of a transformative system and also alleviate the strain that we have on our current infrastructure. So what would you say to the Hyperloop skeptic, someone who would potentially pay tax dollars to support it? I would say that if you look at the potential change in Missouri in a variety of different ways, not just being the center of research and design, but also look at in the in the feasibility report for Black and Beach and Olson, they said that the average person could go from Kansas City to St. Louis in under 30 minutes and for less than the cost of a tank of gas. So it changed how one could traverse the state of Missouri. It also changes how one would view geography. Uh, right now, you talk about living in the suburbs of St. Louis and driving to the city. You could literally live in Kansas City and work in St. Louis and travel back and forth every day if you wanted. It would change the socioeconomic classes of the state because no longer would you be forced to live near where you work. You just jump on the Hyperloop and be at your work in, 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 a, in a really quick amount of time. Um, and most importantly, I think, and this is what I've always told people about Missouri, we are at the forefront of innovation in transportation, and we've always been there. Uh, the Santa Fe Trail, the Pony Express, uh, the first mile of interstate was laid in Missouri. The first steel suspension bridge in North America was in Missouri. We've always sort of pushed the bar and raised the bar when it comes to transportation innovation. The problem is we've not innovated transportation in, 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 in generations. And so I believe this is the next step, and I believe Missouri is well-equipped geographically, topographically, with our major metropolitan areas, but also with our history. When, when Lindbergh flew across the, the Atlantic Ocean, they called us playing the spirit of St. Louis because it was always we were always a state that innovated in transportation and pushing the boundaries. And I think this new technology is going to, in 50 years, be the way that most people travel around the country and around the world. And I think we should start it here in Missouri because it will truly change the game of transportation, and that's what our state has always been known for. Well, Elijah, thank you very much for speaking with me about the Hyperloop today. No problem at all. Quick, Isabel, how would you use the Hyperloop? Oh, to go to the zoo, the zoo, the oh, St. Louis Zoo. That sounds like a really fun way. Yeah, I haven't been to a zoo in too long. So I, as a graduate student, I haven't really explored Kansas City or St. Louis too much. I visited a few times, but it just, it would just be so convenient. It would be like a bus ride, essentially. Right, right. a quick one. Instead of two hours. When people hear about the ability to get across the state in 30 minutes, they get all kinds of ideas. To get a sense of those ideas, we turn back to some of the folks we heard from earlier, the University of Missouri and in downtown Columbia. This time we asked, 
how would they utilize the Hyperloop? Well, we live, I live in Kansas City and he lives in St. Louis. Louis. So <laughs> that would be really convenient versus four hours. I go to, out in Kansas City a lot more. Yeah, have to plan less for going home for, going home for sporting events yeah. and stuff or even going to Kansas City where I don't live would be fun to go to Chiefs games and Royals games more so than I ever would. I imagine we'd go there maybe four or five times more than we would otherwise during the year. Um, we're all out of state, so I think it's safe to say we'd all use it to get to the airport oh, for sure. because that yeah. two-hour bus ride is not the move when you're oh. trying to get home. It will save me a lot of traveling time for like international or domestic traveling. Um, I think the easiest thing to do would be to be able to go to the airports, like when we use St. Louis or Kansas City airports. Lots of ideas there on how to use the Hyperloop. Yep, all inspiring. <laughs> of course, the Hyperloop isn't the first futuristic transportation technology to capture people's imagination. Right, and oftentimes the reality of the technology doesn't quite measure up to people's dreams for it. We wanted to dig into that a little bit more and look at what the development of planes, trains, and automobiles throughout history might teach us about the potential development of the Hyperloop. Choo-choo. Reporter Sam Manis did just that. He talked with Chris Claudel to understand how new transportation technologies develop and what that might mean for the Hyperloop. Claudel is an associate professor of transportation engineering at the University of Texas at Austin. He's also the faculty advisor to the UT Hyperloop team. Claudel is really excited by the potential for the Hyperloop to change how we travel. But he's also skeptical of pods zipping across Missouri being feasible in the near future, let alone safe. That's right. Claudel says a lot more testing has to be done before anyone can be sure that a Hyperloop system is a good idea and that maybe we should invest in other transportation innovations in the meantime. Here's their talk. In terms of your personal opinion on the Hyperloop, where, where do you stand? Um, I'm, uh, I'm cautiously waiting for something to happen in the field because there is a lot of hype. So uh, I'm not convinced that, uh, that it will be profitable in a large number of uh, situations. But my main concern at this point is not even the economical feasibility, but more the technical uh, feasibility, and in particular, uh, the feasibility of this as an actual practical transportation system. How do you feel about uh, this, the general rush uh, toward Mm -hmm. a bunch of different places saying, we want to be the first people to do this? Um, Do you think that there's anything being missed? Yes, I I think there are lots of things that are being missed currently because the problem is that a lot of companies that are saying we should do this, it's great, it's the next big thing, they have a vested interest in saying that that this is the next big thing because uh, a lot of these companies are working on the topic and, of course, their core business is the Hyperloop. So if the Hyperloop does not work, uh, these companies will be out of business. We need to not forget that it's a transportation system. If this thing is rushed and if there are accidents, there will be issues that will appear left and right. And if these issues cause uh, casualties, obviously, and if these things have been rushed, we'll have uh, we'll have uh, problems later on. Uh, we cannot expect that this thing will be operational extremely quickly. What do you think in terms of the considerations of the sort of infrastructure that you should invest in uh, and how does the Hyperloop fit into that picture? Yes, I, I think, I mean, my personal opinion is that the Hyperloop is something that uh, comes too early. So uh, the, it would have been easier to, it's, it's a little bit the same as what happened in the 1960s. So the Concorde was a technological marvel, but as a transportation system, 
uh, even though it could go to Mach 2, which is great. I mean, uh, no other planes have uh, accomplished this uh, since. It's very nice to go uh, from Paris to New York, for example, in three hours. But in the end, uh, when you are a user, does it matter too much? Because you might spend two hours in traffic jam in New York, two hours in traffic jam in Paris uh, to reach your destination. So the, saving half the time uh, on, a, on a trip like this is not that useful. Uh, and it was not a, a com commercial success, even though it was a scientific success. I think that Hyperloop will have its place in the future, for sure. Once we are once we're able to uh, to solve all the technological issues, but uh, now people are expecting a very high level of safety, and uh, and it's not compatible with the experimental nature of Hyperloop. And that concludes our Hyperloop journey. Thank you for listening to Missouri Business Alert's special edition of Speaking Startup. This episode was produced, edited, and hosted by Seth Bodine and me, Isabel Robles. Our theme music was produced by Elliot Bowman and Poddington Bear. And we had help with this week's podcast from Naomi Kling, Sam Manis. We'll speak to you next week. Bye. Seth, you know what I just realized? What's that? This podcast that is playing right now is a little less than 30 minutes. Oh my gosh. It's less than the time it would take to get to St. Louis or Kansas City. Right. That's choo, amazing. Choo choo. Choo <laughs> choo.